Youth Ministry Nation, it's AC, my friend Kurt. Let's talk youth ministry. Sorry. What's up, dude? That was a little bit over the top. I you apologize. Me- you you messed the whole rhythm up. I'm sorry. I was trying to keep I'm up sorry. with you. Yep. I'm just so thrilled to be in your grandpa's cabin this week. <laughs> yeah, we're in grandpa, the mountains. Grandpa yeah. Gurney's cabin. What is, this Ryan is comes. one of our children's ministry sets. We got kicked out of my office today because yes. there is some painting going on in my office, and it's all torn up. So we decided we'd just sit in whatever, yeah. whatever set the children's ministry had. We would run over there and just sit in their yeah. set. So here it is. It's a country cabin set. All right. Um, by the way, did you see the clip of the guy being chased by a bear on a bicycle? I tried to click on it, and my computer went low, so I missed oh. it. Is it awesome? Oh, my goodness. Is this GoPro or something? His GoPro and this bear is huge. Some people are saying it's fake. He's on a mountain bike? He's on a mountain bike, and he's looking back, and this huge bear is, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, they say they, they say that there's no way yeah, you can you, outrun you a bear. Can. But on a mountain bike downhill, maybe? I would think he's flying, can. but, I mean, man. Bears go like 25 or 30 miles an hour. All right. Did he get further and further away, or was the bear catching him? Further and further away, and then he ran into like a branch, stopped, got off, ran, hid behind a tree. That's where I was like, it's a little fake because they have they can scent you out yeah, from like and they'll miles climb, and miles they'll away. climb that tree. Dude. Yeah, they will climb. You the tree. are dead. There is a guy who died though. The guy who died, he was on a hike in the woods, decided to start taking pictures of a black bear. Stupid. Mauled him. They found his phone all marked up in pictures. He had like. 15-something pictures. Can you imagine those pictures? Before. From a distance. Oh, he's coming a little closer. Oh, ah, Those last couple pictures, probably a little bit intense. I'm not laughing at that. Okay. All right. What are we talking about today? What are we doing? Okay. Um, One of our popular shows is the one where you had the robe of knowledge. I wish we could find it somewhere in all of this. That's right. That's right. Okay. Um, But I rattled off 10 questions, and you just like called on your 25 years of experience and it was a great show and so um, I thought we'd kind of do something like that again okay but give you an opportunity to give we don't have time to do 25 of your you know top learnings but maybe like five we'll do five mm-hmm. today and maybe we'll you know continue until we get to 25 maybe okay but I thought today you could just give us five of five learnings over the 25 years you've been in youth ministry that doesn't have to be your top, but just right. five learnings. Okay. And then we'll, whichever ones kind of pop out, we'll talk about it a little bit more. But okay. Just, so I'll kind of power through yeah. four or five, and you'll, whichever one pops out most to you yeah. that you think people would like to hear a little bit more about, yeah. and we'll, we'll kind of talk in more depth on one or two of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So, well, you're right. I mean, 25 years of youth ministry, and I've learned all kinds of lessons. Yeah. I've learned lessons from watching people, right? I mean, one of the best ways you learn is just to follow the model and the example of people around you totally. who you respect. Um, I've learned lessons through mostly trial and error. Yeah. You know, I mean, a whole lot of people watching this podcast or listening to it um, went to went to some kind of Bible school, have some kind of formal youth ministry education, and most of us that do realize that hardly any of the stuff that we learned in college 
really truly yeah. prepared us, or in seminary, really yeah. truly prepared us for the nitty di- nitty gritty totally. day in day of out ministry. of ministry. Yeah. Right? I mean, we learn it through the school of hard knocks. Yeah. I mean, more than almost any other field, it seems like youth ministry, we learn it from the school of hard knocks. Yeah. Good, bad, and ugly, and that's been my story. You know, I mean, not um, so. Just a couple things. These are not. They're not in any particular order. And they're not really connected to each other. Yeah. And I'll, I'm going to talk and about each fine. one for yeah. a minute. So okay. I'm just going to ramble for five minutes, and then we'll unpack one of them for five or ten minutes, and we'll be done. Yeah. Um, one thing I've learned over 25 years is this, is that every church has unwritten rules. Yeah. Um, now, lots of churches have written rules and policies and job descriptions yeah. that they adhere to, and that's oftentimes what you get um, reviewed. If your church has a culture of annual reviews and whatnot, yeah. you know, they'll work through those things yeah. or they have very strong guidelines that you have to be in the office from nine 30 to five 30 or whatever the case yeah. may be. A buddy of mine was a youth pastor at church. And when you were in the office, you could not be wearing shorts. You had to wear long pants in the church office. Oh, wow. And so if, he, if it was summertime and he was going to go to the beach with some students so after lunch, he would have to change oh. into his shorts or his board shorts. Yeah. But it was a written policy. The reality is every church has unwritten sort of cultural rules yeah. that usually they don't explain to you. Yeah. you just, it's up to you to figure them out. Yeah. So some churches, they don't tell you, but the culture and kind of the unwritten rule is Again, you know, hey, if you're not in the office by 9.30, you're a lazy youth pastor. Yeah. They've never told you that, yeah. but the culture, that's an unwritten rule. Other churches, it's the exact opposite. Yeah. If you're in the office by 9.30, you're not doing youth ministry. You're supposed yeah. to be out with kids, right? Yeah. Um, some churches have a an unwritten kind of church culture rule where, you know, HR can't tell you you can't take your back-to-back vacations, right, two yeah. weeks in a row. But kind of the unwritten rule is, yeah, but nobody really takes two weeks in a row because yeah. that's, that's, you know, we just, we just wouldn't do that. Yeah. And our role as a youth pastor, the role is to try to figure out what are the church's unwritten rules? Yeah. Because just like we're getting reviewed formally on the written stuff, we're getting reviewed and kind of water cooled water cooler talk yeah. with the senior pastor and the executive pastor we're getting reviewed all the time yeah. and oftentimes what I've what I've learned is that it's how you navigate the unwritten rules the cultural climate of your church how you navigate that oftentimes is as big or bigger of a contributor to your longevity at that church as is your attendance yeah. and how many kids got baptized um, because you've either learned how to navigate that yeah. kind of wishy-washy, hard-to-figure-out culture of your church, or you haven't. It plays into fit. You know, everybody yeah. talks about, we just want somebody who fits. Well, you usually don't fit because you're living by the the written letter of the law. Yeah. You fit because you've figured out how to navigate yeah. all the unwritten cultural stuff. Yeah. Um, so that'd be one. And lots of people don't like that. They think, oh, uh, that shouldn't be a factor. It's a total factor. It is. Um, Another thing I've learned in this kind of, these first two are a little bit political in nature. I'm okay with that. I think politics is not necessarily a bad thing. It becomes bad. Um, But um, another thing I've learned is that it's a chips game. It's it's a chips game. In other words, um, we are figuratively given chips in our pocket um, when we get hired. And every time we do something good, we get more chips from parents and our boss and our supervisor. 
Um, every time something goes wrong, we, we cash in a few chips, Yeah. right? When you come home late from camp, you cash in a few chips. When a student gets hurt in an event and it was a little bit of neglect on your part, you, you cash in a few chips. Yeah. A student that gets hurt in an event and it wasn't neglect and you handled it well and you actually turned something potentially dangerous into something like, wow, man, thank you for yeah, being you, on your game. Yeah, being on your game. Yeah. You, you get chips. Um, every time you lose your, your cool with a volunteer, you lose chips. Um, and we are always in this giving and getting of chips yeah. and kind of just employee 101, right? Because we are employees. We're, yeah. I'm a leader. You're a leader, but we're employees, yeah. right? You're accountable to somebody. I'm accountable to somebody. Yeah. Um, the, the, the deal is you just don't want to run out of chips because yeah. when you run out of chips, you're you are on the chopping. You're block. on the chopping block. And by the way, what costs you chips costs me the same amount of chips. Yeah. The only difference is in our setting, I've got more chips than you do, right? Because yeah. I've been around longer. Yeah. And I've got more history and more relationship. Yeah. But if you cuss out a kid, yeah. it costs you chips. Yeah. If I cuss out a chip, a, a kid, it costs me the same amount of chips. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I have a deeper. My yeah. bank account is yeah. Is they're gonna older. think a little bit more on you than they would on on me. Right. Um, well, no, I, I mean it costs you more chips. Right. As far as oh yeah, I mean because I can gonna... I can make more mistakes than you can totally because totally. I, my my bank account of yeah. chips is is deeper and richer. Yeah. But it still costs me chips. Yeah. Um, so that's those are two things. A, a third cool. thing is um, this is totally different topic, but. I'm, I'm just again. I'm just kind of. I feel like the first two are for definitely new, new people. Yeah. And also people who have been working and maybe sometimes don't feel like things are, are gelling or there's oh, some nuances. Yeah. I mean, you could really think about this and go back and think about how you have handled yep. things and where yep. you sit with certain people and yep. and you may see these yep. two. Oh, bro, when you say that, I think instantly, you know, some people are black and white justice-minded. Yeah. Right? And their church culture isn't. Yeah. Their church culture is, well, just go with the flow and, hey, you know, that may not have seemed fair. It all washes out in the end. Don't worry about it. That's a church culture. Yeah. They're justice-minded. Yeah. And then they wonder, why is it not clicking? Yeah. Because you're not navigating or you're not recognizing the unwritten culture. Yeah. They might. They probably didn't explain that to you in an interview. Yeah. You're experiencing it, right? And I think it's flip. It's the it's reverse of you know your church could be black and white. Yes. And you are navigating in this space, and you just don't understand. Exactly. You don't to- understand it. Exactly. No, totally. Yep. I love um, this. This one is more maybe applicable <laughs> for married couples who are having kids for the first time. It's perfect for somebody like you and Sandra. Yeah. Um, my wife and I, from day one. We kind of had this motto, our kids didn't choose this way of life. They didn't get a vote in being raised in a pastor's family. It got dictated to Kayla and Cole, right? It's getting dictated to AJ, right? It's getting dictated to all three of your kids. Um, And what we decided is we, and this is just our own personal decision, but it worked for us, is we decide we're going to raise our kids the exact same way as pastors that we would as any other Christ followers. So if I was a construction worker and I loved Jesus, how would I raise Kayla and Cole? That's how I'm going to raise them as a pastor's kid. Cole wants a hot pink mohawk. 
Would I normally care if he had a hot pink mohawk? Then I'm not going to let the church yeah. or my position in the church dictate whether or not. I would never say to Cole, buddy, I just, you know, you're, you're a pastor's kid. Yeah, you rep- you, you, rep- you represent the Johnstons. Yeah. You can't have a hot pink mohawk. Yeah. We just never, ever put our kids in that position because they didn't choose this way of life. Yeah. Um, if Cole or Kayla spoke up and talked or misbehaved a little bit in youth group, we would deal with it in youth group yeah. exactly like we would any other kid. Yeah. And we would drop it. I have never once had a after church in the car ride home at In-N-Out Burger conversation with Cole yeah. or Kayla about being a little bit disruptive in church that week. Yeah. The reason for that is no other kid who we have to shush yeah. or pull aside after youth group and say, hey, bro, can you help me out a little bit? Yeah. Their parents never even know that conversation happened. Yeah. So they're not getting lectured in the car ride home. Yeah. They're, they're, they're in an out date where their family isn't ruined because yeah. dad's pissed off at them. Yeah. So we're not going to do that to our kids. If it's something so significant that we would call mom and dad and say, hey, can you help us out? Bobby is being disruptive week after week. We feel like it's time that the family and me get together. Yeah. Then if it's, if it's that bad. You would handle it the same way. Then we would handle yeah. it the same way with our kids. Yeah. Right. Um, and you, you know, you can kind of go on and on with that, yeah. but we've just chosen to, to raise our kids as yeah. followers of Jesus, not as pastor's kids. Yeah. Um, then another one is, I'll, I'll, I'll just close with this one. Um, what I, I read a book five years ago, six years ago called the power of nice. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite books. Um, and one of the things I've learned in ministry is I really have experienced that nice guys, nice gals finish first. Um, not always in the short term. Unfortunately, churches aren't always a lot different than corporate America. Right. <laughs> and it's tempting to think, man, if I scrape and if I connive yeah. and if I manipulate and if I exaggerate and, you know, I kind of look out for number one, that's the only way to get to the top. Yeah. I, unfortunately, churches often reinforce that. Yeah. They don't work against that as, as well as they could. Um, and in the short term, that kind of stuff seems to pay off. I've just learned that in ministry, in the church, at the end of the day, um, long long term, doing it right, having integrity, treating yeah. people like you know Jesus would want you to treat people, yeah. um, pays off. Yeah. Very practical, tangible examples of that would be, um, you know, you know that I get frustrated with our student ministries team when um, somebody's credit card gets turned off because they didn't turn in receipts. Yeah. Um, Cause that doesn't, we're, we're causing the accounting department a headache. A headache yeah. I don't like it when we turn in our print shop orders super late Yeah. because we're now we're making them scramble. So I always say, man, let, let's be the easiest team to work with. Yeah. You, youth workers. If you can figure out how can your youth group be the easiest team for the janitor to work with? Yeah. How can you be the easiest team for the board of elders to, to interact with? Yeah. What that does is you might not you might not ever know when it happens, but sooner or later, if Vince, our, yeah. our the guy that runs our photocopy machines, and our some sooner or later he's going to be sitting there with a, a print order from Children's, from Men's Ministry, from Youth Group, yeah. and he's going to say, "Gosh, I can't do them all. Somebody's not going to get their job on time." Yeah. And it's, a, it's, it's his discretion. Yeah. And, and he and has he, to go first come, first serve. Yeah, but he doesn't though, <laughs> right? Because sometimes they all came on the same day. Yeah. 
Well, he's going to... I want to make sure he never chooses not to do our job. Yeah. Right? The power yeah. of nice. When yeah. Vince goes, I love student ministries. Yeah. I love AC. I love Kurt. I love Josh. I love Katie. I don't want their job not to get done. He's going to yeah. make sure our job gets done. Yeah. Um, and it's just those little things. When, you know, churches go through seasons where they have to make... They have to have layoffs. Yeah. They go through seasons where they have to decide who gets what space for their ministry or their offices or their cubicles. They go. There's always these um, not necessarily sub- subjective decisions being made. Yeah. Right. I mean, not not necessarily objective. They're subjective. Yeah. And in those moments, those are the times when nice guys finish first. Yeah. People who have the power to make decisions will oftentimes go. You know what? Man, I just, I just, I just love our student ministry department. Yeah. So I'm going to make sure that they get taken care of in this situation and they don't get neglected. Um, you've brought, you've put chips in your pocket. You've put enough chips in your pocket yeah. that, um, and along with that is this idea. You know, we've all heard the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yeah. Right. Hey, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. If you don't blow your own horn, nobody's going to blow it for yeah. you. Part of my job as our student ministries pastor is to be the 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 trumpet blower on the yeah. squeaky wheel for student ministries. Yeah. But what I've learned is, yeah, the squeaky wheel gets the grease and sometimes the squeaky wheel gets replaced. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's like, you know, there's a fine line yeah. between complaining and wanting what's best for your ministry and representing your youth ministry. Well, yeah. cause nobody else, nobody else on our executive table it's thinking about youth ministry except At for all. me. Yeah. Nobody else. It's my job to be the squeaky wheel. Yeah. But at some point, and it's different in every organization, yeah. but at some point, if you're the squeaky wheel and that's all you're known for is being the squeaky wheel, yeah. they'll say, wow, we've greased this wheel a lot. Yeah. And it still squeaks. Maybe the wheel is broken. Maybe we just need we a new wheel, yeah. right? And, and, and people, I've seen it, you've seen it. Youth workers have lost their jobs. Yeah. Not because of a moral failure, not because they're burned out, not because numbers aren't right. Yeah. They've lost their jobs because they're just kind of pains in the butt yeah. of the committees and the bosses and yeah. the senior pastors that have to work with them day in and day out. Yeah. And there's a fine line between fighting for your department, being the squeaky wheel, and being a nice person who yeah. knows when, you know what? I'm yeah. not going to squeak right now. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's just a few yeah. things. What um, do you say to, let me ask you this question. What do you say to a youth pastor who is being that nice person and is trying, but also have a lot of conflict either with leadership or their team or even, you know, some, you could be the head youth pastor mm-hmm. and, and the elder board or the, yeah. and you just feel like you're hitting a ceiling and every, you know, no one, you believe that you're being as nice as you can and you're doing all of this great stuff and no one sees it. Yeah. No one is, is recognizing it. And you always feel like you're, you're finishing last. What are some tips? And I say that cause I've yeah. read yeah. quite a few, Yeah, just, just a lot of, um, talk to a lot of youth pastors and, there's a lot of youth pastors that are in that boat of getting let go, not knowing why. Yeah. Um, finding themselves at the bottom of the pool, yep. even though they believe that they, you know, have done all they could. That, yeah. That, I mean, I th- I think you're right I think you're hitting on something that we could dedicate an entire web, uh, an entire podcast yeah. to. 
Um, I'll, I'll say this quickly, and then you can determine if maybe next time we want to dedicate more time. Yeah. Um, I think there are times when all of our complaints, all of our frustrations, all of our hitting the ceiling is completely justified. And we are, you know, churches are led by broken, imperfect people. They love Jesus, but they're broken and imperfect, right? Um, And so oftentimes, all of those concerns are completely warranted. I think, believe it or not, more often than not, conflict is what we make of it. Um, Our attitude, John Maxwell, I don't know if he's the guy who coined this phrase, but he says our attitude determines our altitude, right? Um, so just like we would say to our own kids, yeah. come on, man, keep your head up, yeah. have a, have a better attitude that will determine everything. I, I actually think, um, I think youth workers sometimes are a little bit entitled. Yeah. I think sometimes we think we deserve more than we deserve. Yeah. We think the senior pastor owes us his ear and that our opinion has to be highly valued by him or her. Why? Why? Who said our, Who said Rick Warren has to listen to any of my suggestions? He's a senior pastor of the church. Yeah. Right. He doesn't owe me. He doesn't. I would like it. I feel like I got something to share. Yeah. It's frustrating sometimes when he doesn't. Yeah. But I'm not entitled to it. It's not in his just. It's not in his job description to give me yeah. an equal voice at the table. Yeah. Right. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel valued. Some people, that stuff's way more important maybe than it is to me, right? Or than it is to you. Um, So I would honestly, somebody that fit that description that you were saying, I would say slow down, take a step back, determine what fights are worth fighting, what frustrations are warranted, what issues are truly issues that are their issues that are problematic that you can't get past, and what ones maybe are your own issues that you've got to recognize, you know, because I'm broken and I've got my own insecurities and I've got my own cracks. And just because I feel like my feelings were hurt or I feel like I'm not being heard or I feel like I'm not valued doesn't necessarily always mean that my feelings should have been hurt or that I'm not valued. Just just because I don't feel valued doesn't always mean I'm not valued. So I have to, I think sometimes we just quickly go, yeah. There's conflict. I'm not respected. I'm, I'm hitting a brick wall. I'm bumping up against. And I think sometimes, oftentimes, that's a little bit of a cop-out. It's very easy for us to say, I work in this crappy, crazy church, and nobody respects or values me. Well, all right, you know? Yeah. I, employees at Chipotle can say the same thing. Employees, I mean, every yeah. people everywhere have those same complaints. I think is a little bit naive to think that when we're in, in our church organizations, most of us are middle managers. Yeah. Um, and it's a little bit naive to think that we should be given and entrusted and empowered at this level that in any other organization, our level yeah. wouldn't have. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I, but no, I, 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 I do think myself. this, yeah. I, and I think that that's, that's kind of like what I'm hearing you say. I do feel like there's a lot of different areas in yeah. this, that this kind of plays in where a leader, I mean, youth workers, volunteers, I just hear like all levels 
that have some gripings and they can totally be completely relevant right. and, and and true and right. But I think one point you hit is what's our response? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, we're the church. Yeah. <laughs> Those people are gonna be there. You're gonna be where you are. Yeah. You know, and our response means a lot. I think we do could have probably a great show just speaking yeah. about this topic because I, I, I think it's it's super prevalent. Well, it, right now, it's it's everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. It's a um, huge. It's a huge. Thing. You know, I talk a lot about every leader needs to have what I call an honest ear, mm-hmm. and that means somebody in your life who will speak truth to you. Yeah, and it may not be the truth you want to hear. Yeah. Right. And it may not be your spouse because your yeah. spouse loves you and your spouse comes to your defense all the time, right? Yeah. So most really good spouses yeah. are really good defenders of your feelings. Yeah. Um, so somebody who says, hey, bro, so some, I need somebody who I can go, hey, AC, do you got 10 minutes over coffee? I need to bounce something off you. Yeah. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm going through. Here's yeah. a situation. And that person will look me in the eye and say, Kurt, you're kind of whining right now. Yeah. Um, well, or you're justified. Yeah. But somebody, if I just react on my own all the time, all I got is my opinion. All I got is my feelings that were hurt. Yeah. And so to have an honest ear of somebody who will tell me the truth, Kurt, I think you need to stand up for yourself on that one. Yeah. Kurt, you need to back down. You need to let it just roll off your back. Yeah. Be a big boy. Yeah. Deal with it. You know, having somebody like that in your life is really, really helpful. Yeah. And it's tough to find. Yeah. But I've had those people at every step of my, at every step. Yeah. And it's helped me from, I mean, I've had people back me off the ledge a few times. Yeah. Of, I'm going to quit. I'm going to resign. I'm going to get out of ministry, whatever. And people say, hold on, you know. Yeah. What What are you saying? Think What's about the that. truth yeah. in, in What's that the situation? Truth in that? Well, I think that's a huge, huge issue right now. And I think they need a lot of direction. Like youth workers just need some maybe direction, tips, like some type of light yeah. the, that they can kind of like look to and, and know that it's not something that's not uncommon. I mean, everybody goes through it. And right. Sometimes we think it's just yep. in the secular world, but it's not. right. And I've never met a youth worker who doesn't have a pretty decent list of frustrations. Yeah, I've never met one. Yeah. So it kind of goes with the territory. Yeah. I mean, we chose to get into this crazy thing. Yeah. We might not have gone in with our eyes wide open, right? Yeah. But I've never met. The reality is, every single youth worker, yeah. every single church has problems and we're struggling and it's frustrating and we can choose to focus on that stuff yeah. or we can choose to recognize that that's always going to be part of this 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 journey um, because I've just not ever seen it go away. Yeah. Every time we solve a problem, there's another one oh, totally. looming in the shadows, right? <laughs> Ready to jump Let's on. Let's do this because I love this conversation and I think it's a timely one going into the new year. Um, but next show let's talk about right. let's give some yep. practical steps yep. for leaders and for those who are working Perfect. volunteering interning yep. like some steps that they could take in in some of this conflict so Love it. all right great that was a little bit longer than normal but super long but it was great <laughs> you might be able to edit some stuff <laughs> yeah cut, cut a couple cut, cut a couple of those topics out no okay. all, right. all right all right we will see you next week see remember you guys. subscribe 
You can send questions to talkyouthministry at gmail.com. We'll see you guys next week. Peace out. See ya. Thank you.